gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. And then to chapter 19 in Proverbs. Verse 6. Many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. And then over to chapter 30, slightly bigger portion there, beginning with verse 11. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. And by the way, here, this word, there are those, uh, actually could also be translated as there is a generation who. There is a generation. Um, There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There are those who are clean in their own eyes, but are not washed of their filth. There are those, how lofty are their eyes, how high their eyelids lift. There are those whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, the needy from among mankind. The leech has two daughters. Give and give. Three things are never satisfied. Four never say enough. Sheol, the barren womb, the land never satisfied with water, and the fire that never says enough. And then over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, first 13 verses. Sorry about that. Working together with him then, this is with Jesus, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that No fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, and I speak to you as children, widen your hearts also. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, yesterday Karen and I had a very good time. We traveled out to uh, Mortimer West End Chapel. And uh, if that sounds like a very isolated small church, it is a very isolated small church out west somewhere. 
Uh, if you told me to get back there, I would spend about 10 years trying to find it, but it's out there. And uh, significantly, it happens to be the home church now of the new director of Freedom in Christ Ministries here in the UK, uh, a guy named Rob Davies. <clears throat> and you'll, you should meet Rob if you haven't met him already. He'll be here at City Temple from time to time, I'm sure. And about everybody will have an opportunity to get together with him. And so we had his induction as the new UK Director of Freedom in Christ, while Steve Goss, that many of you know, moves on to, the, to be the International Director of Freedom in Christ, uh, taking over the mantle from Neil Anderson, uh, who currently is taking care of his wife, who suffers from some very advanced dementia. But anyway... Uh, during that time, I, I had somebody, I was sitting on, uh, on a chair waiting for the service to start when lo and behold, somebody came up and grabbed my shoulders and started giving me a really good shoulder rub, which I desperately needed, but they stopped too soon only to have me turn around and see that it was none other than our own Pete Costello. Now, many of you might remember Pete. Uh, Pete was our, uh, operations coordinator, uh, for quite a number of years, about four years here at City Temple. Uh, he lives out in Aylesbury, uh, now has gone on to work with another charity uh, and left uh, uh, about 2012, I think early 2012 is when he moved on. Uh, but we're still in, in touch because he's involved with Freedom in Christ and was on the board of Freedom in Christ and the like. And so it was really exciting to get to, to spend some time with him, to chat, uh, to catch up a little bit and tell him about some of the exciting things happening at City Temple. Now, it's very easy for us to, uh, to focus on things that aren't quite as exciting. You know, there, there are always in any kind of environment things that happen that aren't so pleasing, things that happen that are a little difficult and painful, and, you know, you've got ups and downs and all of those kinds of things, and it's very easy for us to focus on the downs and forget the ups. It's very easy for us to forget the goodness of the Lord and focus on the areas where we don't think the goodness of the Lord is quite so good that we would like God to correct and, and, and care for and things. And so I was sharing with Pete about a number of the things that God has been doing and some of the things that God has been saying to us. Now, just as a reminder, and I'll focus on these even in the next coming weeks, I believe that God has spoken to us very clearly that he has put us right here in the midst of seven and a half million people who need to hear Jesus, who need to respond to Jesus, who need the gospel of Jesus, who need the healing of Jesus. He set us here not to show us the size of the challenge, but to show us the significance of our position in this place. And God has given us insight into the coming revival and the new reformation, which I'll be talking about in the Canaanite course that, I, that I'll be leading, and I think we're going to try to record that somehow. Uh, but God has shown us, given us insights into what he's going to do because City Temple is a part of God's strategy. Uh, God has even identified us with a, a word called linchpin. And if you don't know what a linchpin is, Google it. Not right now, but, you know, sometime later, because, yeah, you all got phones, and I, I, I saw everybody going to, oh, uh, linchpin, i got to find that. Okay, Google it later, and find out a linchpin. And God has said quite a number of things, and given us quite a number of promises. He's told us that we're in a season now of clearing out, so that we can be ready for a season of multiplication. 
Now, some of these things are quite big and quite significant. And you might say, well, how in the world, Rod, can you say that a group of 50, 60, 70, 80 people, whatever we happen to have on, on any given Sunday, you know, how can you say that this group of people is significant? How can you say this church is significant? You know, it's an old, decrepit, fallen down kind of building. Now, how, how can you say that any of this is important? And, and what evidence do you have that what God is saying is actually true? And, and that's a legitimate point to make. In fact, I get people all the time that come to me and say, you know, Rod, I, I think the Lord has been speaking something to me. And I say, great, you know, what is that? And, and I found that, you know, if it's somebody who, you know, comes to me and says, you know, I think God wants me to be the prime minister of the United Kingdom. And I say, well, are you a citizen of the UK? No, 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 I, I, I'm not a citizen yet, but I think I'm going to be the prime minister that I could fairly safely say, you know, I think you may have heard something from God, but what you think you heard is not what you heard. And one of the things that we should always do is check what we think God is saying to us and test it and seek to verify it. And the bigger it seems in our own minds, the more significant it seems in our own minds, the more we need testing and verification. And that's absolutely essential. So back in June, when the Lord was speaking to me at the Carlos Anacondia meeting, I mentioned, uh, I've mentioned a few times, when the Lord was speaking to me and saying some fairly significant things, Carlos was talking, but I wasn't paying attention because the Lord was speaking so much, and I was, I was writing it down, and I only had my phone with me, and I don't like typing on my phone. You know, like, like some of you guys, I mean, it's just like God gave you these thumbs that go, and you, and you, you type faster than I do typing the normal way, uh, but I don't do that. I'm just like, okay, oh, I missed that letter. And, and then I'm a perfectionist. So you know what I do? I go, oh, I got to fix that word. And, and, and finally, I discovered autotype. But then you have to, the autotype has to know. And they don't get, you know, autotype doesn't get religious words quite so well. But anyway, that's, that's another story. So I'm sitting and I'm hearing all this stuff from the Lord. And, uh, and the Lord says, okay, you got all this. What's the proof uh, there was an old commercial back, uh, back in the 1970s, 1980s in the United States about fast foods. And there was this fast food chain called Wendy's that came into being. And, uh, and their big thing was uh, they, they had more, more meat on their burgers. And, and so they had this old woman, you know, who would go into a place like, you know, McDonald's. Well, although they couldn't use McDonald's, she'd go in there and she'd look at the sandwich and she'd say, Where's the beef? Uh, so that was their big thing. Where's the beef? So, that, so I'm saying, okay, where's the beef, God? Where's the beef? I'm also from a state in the United States called Missouri, and, and our motto is the show me state. In other words, don't tell me what you can do. Show me what you can do. You know, don't tell me that you're a good person. Show me you're a good person. Unless you show it to me, I'm not going to believe it. And that's just kind of, that's our motto. That's where we're from. And so I'm saying this, God, I, I, you know, how can I believe any of this? especially because it seems quite significant. And the Lord spoke, and he said, Rod, the accounts of City Temple this summer will go up. They will not go down. They will go up. Now, this is where Pete comes in, because you, you have to understand, Pete helped us through some very, very, very difficult years. 
And in the summer, I believe it was, of 2011, so it was the summer before Pete left, it might have been 2010, 2010, 2011, we remember that at City Temple, we had 5,000 pounds in our current account. Now, we operate, it costs us about 20,000 pounds a month to operate, just paying all the bills and everything, just on a basic level, salaries and things like that. We had 5K. We're, we're having conversations about who's not going to get paid. Uh, and by the way, one of my big rules is that, uh, for Karen and me, one of our rules is that we're the last, always the last to get paid. If there's not enough money in the accounts, we don't get paid. Uh, fundamental thing. Uh, by the way, God's always taking care of us, so we don't sweat that at all. It's not as, it, you know, that, that sounds really gallant until you remember God, and it's God that does it. Uh, and so there's, you know, for me, I can say that because I know there's absolutely no risk. You get that, right? Because God's backing it up. So it, that's a risk-free commitment for me. It always has been in almost 30 years of ministry. It's a risk-free commitment because God's there. And he'll always come through. So anyway, so, so we're having these conversations. So Pete's remembering this. Now, on the 17th of June... Uh, and, and for some of you, some of these amounts are going to sound large. They're not large. Uh, they will sound large, but based on different things, they're not as large as they're going to sound. But on the 17th of June, City Temple had 66,000-ish in the bank uh, in, our, in our main account. Now, we have never in 15 years had more money at the middle of by mid-September than we had mid-June. We don't. We, we operate at a loss during the summer. We know that we will do that. We don't have people using the buildings. We still have outflow. So that's always going to happen. So, so on the 17th of June, we had 66000 in the bank. And I'm looking at that and I'm saying, yeah, right. We're going to go up, not down. Yeah. You know, I, I was almost, I didn't quite laugh because if I'd laughed, then I would have been struck silent, kind of like Zechariah was in the temple when he laughed about having, giving birth to John the Baptist. Uh, you know, so, so I didn't laugh or anything like that, but you know, in my, in my mind, and it's like you try to hide these things from God, but you can't hide these things from God. You know, so, I, so I'm like, I'm snickering. I'm saying, I hope God doesn't see me snickering. But you know, that's the way it was. End of July... City Temple had 112,000 pounds in the bank. Now remember, we have lost 60,000 pounds in revenue this year because of exam clients that have canceled. End of July, 112,000 pounds in the bank. August 31st, 116,000 pounds in the bank. And I think it was last Friday we had about 122,000 pounds in the bank. Is that about right, Marlene? Two months, our accounts have gone up. Friends, that is absolutely impossible. But it's happened. Now, that's confirmation. That's the kind of thing that we look for. And so, it was cool to be able to share this with Pete 
Because if Pete would have had dentures, which he doesn't, but if he'd had dentures, they would have fallen out and fallen on the ground. Uh, Because he knows. He knows. This is what God is doing. This is what God is doing. Uh, That's why I'm not worried about the changes. I'm not worried about the shifts. I'm not worried about the ups and downs. Because God is on the move. And God is moving in us. God is moving in us. God is moving through us. And God is not done with us. In some ways, God has barely begun with us. And we're only 376 years old as a church. So uh, we're a new church in the grand scheme of things. Uh, And it is exciting to be part of what God is doing. And there are many other things. There's a number of things that God spoke to me personally that I, that I won't share in a public gathering. Uh, but I have confidence in what the Lord is about. I have confidence. And the Lord, when I asked him, I kept praying, Lord, what do you want me to say today? And the key word that the Lord wanted me to say today, right here, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 In a favorable time, I listened to you. In a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We're looking forward to a time of multiplication, but that's not the favorable time. That's not the day of salvation. Now is the favorable time. Now is the day of salvation. That's what the Lord is saying. We are in this together. And one of the great principles is that as you attach yourself to anyone on whom God's favor is resting, as you attach yourself to any organization on whom God's favor is resting, you experience that favor as well. It's one of the reasons why, uh, as a church, we support the Jewish people And we want to pray for them and encourage them and see them come to faith in their Messiah. We want Israel as a nation to be safe, realizing that Israel as a nation today is not contiguous with the Israel of the the Scriptures. And, And in the day that Jesus comes, it will be even greater than it is today. But we want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We do all that because we know God's favor is there. And if we connect ourselves through prayer, we will experience God's favor. That's why we want to support our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ, because blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you for my sake and for my, for my gospel. You connect yourself with people, with organizations on whom God's favor is resting, and you will share in that favor. It's one of the reasons why we're connected with HarvestNet as a church, uh, that network that's based out of eastern Pennsylvania that works internationally, and I'm on their apostolic council. One of the reasons we do that is because God's favor is on that organization, and we want to experience that favor. Anywhere you connect yourself, you will experience the favor that's on that organization that's on that person and you will receive a blessing because you bless them and it's a principle that that God spoke to Abraham even all those years ago he said you know those who bless you I will bless and those who curse you I will curse and we're living in that because now is the favorable time now is the day of salvation 
And what we will be is not yet fully known, but when that is revealed, we will be more and more like Jesus because we will see Jesus more and more clearly. And that's the promise in which we are living. Now there's a couple of dangers as well when you're existing in that reality. And this is the reality, this is the dynamic that is surrounding us. This is the dynamic that is surrounding us right now as a fellowship. There's a couple of challenges. One is realizing, as Proverbs was talking about us here, that we are in a challenging generation. We're in a challenging generation. I thought uh, it was very interesting to look at what uh, Solomon was, well, it wasn't Solomon, it's uh, um, one of the the other writers was saying here, he says, there are a generation who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. That's not only physical fathers, but also spiritual fathers and historical fathers uh, and the like. There are those who are clean in their own eyes. There's a generation who's clean in their own eyes, but they are not washed of their filth. There's a generation, how lofty are their eyes, how high their eyelids lift. There's a generation whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives to devour the poor from off the earth, the needy from among mankind. And if you want to see that in action, all you need to do is look at Twitter and see what's happening and how fangs and needles and knives and things and how Twitter can just obliterate somebody and obliterate their reputation in just a moment just for doing something rather stupid. And so we're living in this season, we're living in this time, we're living in this generation, and that's not saying that everybody from a younger generation is this way. It's clearly not because we've got people in our church from all different generations here. And there are people from an older generation that are still clean and think they're clean in their own eyes but aren't washed with their filth, and so on and so forth. But we need to be aware that we are in this time. We're in a time where people don't honor their fathers and mothers. We're in a time where people uh, are looking just to their own selves, and, and they think that everything is great. They think it's all going well, but they're still they're, they're completely polluted and filthy. We're living in a time where people think really highly of themselves and don't think anything at all about destroying somebody else. We're living in that kind of generation, in that kind of atmosphere, and we're experiencing the now of God's salvation and the now of God's favor in the midst of that generation. And the, the, one of the challenges will be that there will be people who want to connect with us and the favor of God upon us who are doing it for themselves and doing it out of their self, own selfish motives. Notice how the proverbist goes on from there and says, uh, the leech has two daughters. Give and give, they cry. And so there are a lot of people that are around us and there are a lot of people who are, are connected in this season of favor who say, oh, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want. Oh, I want that, I want that, I want that. Can I connect with your favor? Can I connect with what is upon you? And we have to guard that and be careful of that because there will be a lot of people who do that out of selfish motives. And we've seen that over the years at City Temple. We've seen individuals that come into the life of the church that seem, you know, they they seem like they want to contribute, but all they do is take, 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 take. We've seen organizations that come in and say, hey, I want to partner with you guys. But when you say, oh, well, okay, let's let's partner together. And they say, oh, no, no, uh, we just want to use your building for free, but do whatever we want to do on our own, even though we're going to make a lot of money doing it. 
You know, all these kinds of things. In fact, sometimes because of the anointing, the apostolic anointing on this church, uh, we become victim of what Karen has called the sugar daddy mentality. I don't know if you know what a sugar daddy is. Uh, it's a popular American phrase, uh, probably is around here, you know, where, where it's usually a, a younger woman who attaches herself to an older man and flirts with him a lot because he's lavishing a lot of gifts and things on her. And she just wants, you know, what, you know, she's willing to give herself for what she gets. Uh, and so the, the man becomes the sugar daddy, the one she comes to whenever she needs something. And sometimes people have treated City Temple like their sugar daddy. And we have to be aware of that. And I think we're entering a season where God is saying we need to resist that. Because there are many people who want to be friends with somebody who gives. There are many people who will befriend generosity. And generosity has been and will continue to be one of the hallmarks of the ethos of City Temple. We want to be a generous church and we want to promote generosity in all we, in all we do. And I thank you. This church gives generously. Our giving has been strong, and, and, and many times, right after the financial crisis, do you know that the giving in our church increased, even in the midst of the financial crisis? Now, that's generosity, and I praise God for that, and we encourage that, although we don't beg for that. You notice we don't, we don't put a big emphasis on you giving money and give, give, because the people who are touched by the favor of God just give generously out of who they are. They don't think anything about it. And we give, and, and, and we will give, but we have to watch out for those that want to be leeches, that just want to leech away the favor of God from us. We want to be watching out for those. There are those who come in uh, who just want, you know, serve me, serve me, serve me, and, and, and they go and they suck people dry. And then the people are like, and I can't handle it anymore. And, and so we have to be careful of that because that's a reality, and it's a reality of the generation in which we live. It's that reality. And so the one danger is that we allow the leeches to come and suck us dry, but the opposite danger is that we begin to close ourselves up. And we must not do that either. Notice what Paul says. You know, said, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. And he said, now don't look at us. Or you can, we did say look at us. But you notice the examples he's given. You know, he says, but we've been going through hard times. We've been going through persecutions. Uh, you know, you, you look on the outward of Paul and what's been going on. And he did not have a lot of the trappings of success. If Paul the Apostle had been around today, he probably wouldn't have a TV program. He probably wouldn't have a radio show. Uh, and he may not have a very big following because people would say, well, golly, you know, this guy doesn't even look good. He's a short guy, a little ugly, doesn't talk very well, uh, has no appeal whatsoever. Let's find somebody else who does. And so Paul says, hey, you know, don't, don't focus on that, but instead, widen your heart. Widen your heart. So we have to guard against the leech, but at the same time, we have to widen our heart for those that God brings to share in the favor that God has put upon us because that is God's purpose for us. 
God is lavishing his favor on us and everybody connected with us. And many of you are going to go into a season of new favor now, by the way. There are quite a number of you. You've been wondering, okay, why haven't I been productive? Why, why, why haven't I? I've been struggling so much. You're about to enter into a season of God's favor on your job, on your finances, on your relationships. If you've been asking for that, start taking it and start believing it. It may not look exactly like you think it will look, but you're about to enter into a time of God's favor. So believe it and receive it right now. There are many people who are going to connect with us who are hungry for that favor, and we have to keep our hearts wide even as we guard against those that would be leeches. And the key thing, how do you know then? How do you know? Because those who want to share in the favor will also share in the burdens. Those who want to share in the favor will share the load. Those who want to share in the favor will share in the proclamation of Jesus. Those who want to share in the favor will be sure not to share any of God's glory, but make sure that every bit of glory goes to God. And we will share in giving God all the glory. And those that want to share in the favor will know that the purpose for sharing in that favor is not just so that they will benefit, although that's okay. There's nothing wrong with us benefiting from the favor of God personally, but they will understand that the primary purpose of sharing in God's favor is to bless the world around us so that everybody sees that Jesus Christ is the Lord. So I say to you with confidence, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Embrace it, receive it, and live it. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in us. Thank you for all that you've done in us. Thank you for all that you will do. Lord, I thank you that your favor is upon us. I don't always understand it, but I'm seeing it, and I see it more and more and more, and I thank you for every bit of it. I pray, Father, that in this season you have us in, that even though sometimes it's going to be a struggle, sometimes it won't be very clear, sometimes uh, we'll feel like we're facing hardships, I pray that in this season you will help us to focus on your favor and help us to look to ways to share your favor with people around us, with other Christian groups, churches, organizations, and even with the world, the city around us, so that all may come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let your favor emanate from this place and sweep through the lives of the seven and a half million people around us who don't know Jesus so that their hearts might be opened and they too might widen their hearts to know that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who died on the cross and rose from the dead for them. We love you, praise you, worship and adore you. 
And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.